This is Akafe. Laura Marie and Jessica Marie proudly present A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, a podcast. Fair warning, everything the hosts say is explicit, full of spoilers and adult content and shall not be used against them. They have opinions. Let's try not to drag anyone for expressing themselves and just have fun for an hour. We all deserve it. There will be spoilers in this episode from the Crown of Gilded Bones and Throne of Glass series, specifically from the book Queen of Shadows, as well as topics surrounding sex work, sexual assault, and domestic and physical violence. and welcome to A Court of Fandoms and Exploration, your weekly deep dive into the YA literature and fandoms that we love. I'm Laura Marie. And I'm Jessica Marie. And today we are discussing Shadow and Groans Netflix. (laughs) And I'm just, I'm starting the episode just by saying, if you're new here, I love toxic men. (laughs) I mean, if you didn't before book talk and reading, you sure do now. And you know, let let's talk about let's talk about Ben Barnes real fast. Ben Barnes really knows how to keep up with my taste. He was he was my type in Narnia, he was my type in Westworld, and he's still my type now. The glory. That is a that is my FYP this week in all things Ben Barnes. I mean, there's no God, I hope nobody from work is listening. I have such a celeb crush on Chris Evans and that's just gone out the window this week. And my FYP has come for me. He, and Ben Barnes, he's just so smiley and happy and cultured. And he's just all the, all the things, all the things. Like he was, of course he was cute as, you know, as Prince Caspian. He's just, he's just aged so well and continues to age well. And he's, he's just so precious. I mean, we have not been, um, subtle in our adoration for him, especially this week. I, I just, <laughs> we're just smiling. I'm just smiling, thinking about Ben Barnes. Um, th- this is who I am as a person. When Ben Barnes is on the horse and he flicks back his cape and he holds his hand out to Alina and Alina takes it, I would take it and never let go. Mm. Oh my God, that man and. There's something to be said about uh, somebody that has been in a fantasy series before because that man is comfortable in a leather cape. He knows how to walk in it. He, I mean, it just flows. It just, he, the, the, when he turns around, when he hops off the horse, it just, it is a part of him. If he were to walk down the aisle and I was at the altar, I hope he's wearing a cape. <laughs> it would look so good so good and i think that's a learned skill and something that isn't talked about enough you know it's hard i think of the incredibles no capes it's difficult to walk and like do stuff with a cape but uh he pulls it off and it is glorious to see Mm. i'm so i'm so happy that he has this I'm happy for for all the cast members, but like to see longevity in his career for him, I feel like actors are always like, especially 
you never know what your next role is going to be. And you never know if that current role you're in is going to be your last either. And when you find like this resurgence, like there has to be like a little bit of an ego stroke to be like, I knew, I knew I loved what I did for a reason. And of course, we all know the story of how Ben Barnes broke the ice in his cast group chat. Uh, How's everybody doing, fellow kids? Fellow kids! And we love him for that because it speaks to our soul. I mean, especially as grown women, like doing this podcast, grown women on book talk and grown women on Instagram. We're just like, oh, I I actually feel a little bit younger right now. <laughs> Thanks, Ben Barnes. Thank you, Ben Barnes. Thank you for a lot of things, but especially for this fantastic representation of the Darkling because- I kind of feel- bad for the minors who they're like oh my gosh this man is like 39 years old and i'm thinking us we're like we're at that age where we can you know get them younger or like 39 is a beautiful age for me right now oh yeah 39 is no thing (laughs) like yes sir sign me up i feel like this is a ben barnes episode now not that i'm complaining no (laughs) but but in order to to kind of, you know, move everything along before we just get stuck on Ben Barnes, uh, we are going to be talking about Shadow and Bone, the whole show. So all eight episodes, we binged it. We're done with it. We're going to talk about it. So let's talk about the thing that's uh, really been dividing people on TikTok recently, and that is show mal and book mal being completely different. They still suck, in my no, opinion. No doubt, they, no question. They they both mouths still suck, but they completely rewrote his character. To well, suck they some they more. had to. They had to rewrite his character in order for him to stack up to the Darkling in any way, shape, or form. I feel like, especially as readers, we're we're going to be predisposed to say the book is better than than the movie. Or the show or however. And I can, I can off the top of my head, I think of one instance where that isn't the case. And that was with The Devil Wears Prada. Um, but, you know, I mean, even like from the begin- first five minutes into the show, we get Fight Club Mal. Fight Club Mal needs to feel something. <laughs> whatever. Like, go. But, but that right off the bat, how do we have five minutes into the show? We're already in book three. Yeah, it was very confusing. I... I, not confusing. I think it was jarring because we are, as the book readers, very familiar with the story. So, you know, you, you could say this about other points in the book as or in the show as well. But it's it's just really interesting how they mashed everything together to get a cohesive story out of those books. But it also changes the direction of the show because there's certain things. And again, this comes from being readers. When you have certain things aligned in the books and the books are written a certain way, there is continuity or like even when you think of, you know, the smallest thing has a, you know, well, in in a series specifically, the smallest thing from book one can make a difference in how something happens in book three. So if that book one thing is omitted or changed, you're like, well, how does that set up later down the line? Um, Even Fight Club Matt, like... Even thinking right now, Fight Club Mal and book three, starting at the beginning of the show, like that's when he gets with Zoya and Alina sees like Mal and that whole interaction of them kissing kind of just kind of spurs off. And that happened right after she kissed Nikolai and that's not happening. It's just 
I have, it's completely rewritten. And I think that's something to be said where you can be very critical of watching the show because we read books. But if you're just watching the show and not reading the books, I feel like you're just like in la la land about it. Like, Oh, this is great. Oh my gosh. It's so different. No, it's, it's, you're going to be, you're as a reader and watching this, I'm like, I'm not getting enjoyment. And then if this is happening, I think the other conversation that can spiral down the line of is, well, then what does this mean for the Akatar series adaptation? Oh, sure. Even yeah. though we don't have, we don't even have the pilot, even if the pilot is made, that still has to be approved. I mean, we could talk about upfronts and everything else on a different episode if we really wanted to dive into it. However, what does that mean? Especially when most people who have read the books and are watching the show, we are frustrated. I don't want to say a majority of us, but like we are frustrated that it doesn't align with what's going to happen next. We're kind of like, I kind of feel like we don't know what would happen with season two as readers because there's things that you know are missing. And then there's things that the way it was set up, you have no idea what's going to come from it. Uh you make an excellent point, and I have an example of that. So in the first episode, the very beginning, we find out that a decapel has been stolen, and the decapel is now a picture of the fold, which, you know, wasn't the case. And we have Roddy telling Kaz in the Crow Club, like, you know, it had to have been, you know, one person or a team of people had to get in and out past all these guards and everything. And we know from the book from Six of Crows, like, we know that that was Inej and, like, Kaz, and they, they did this whole thing. And now it's like, okay, well, we know that DeCapel isn't going to come up and that's not going to be brought up in later. See, it's, it's just like my whole, okay, I'm, 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 I'm in it now. I, <laughs> as much as the, uh, as much as I love the casting, the casting is perfect and spot on in my opinion. No complaints, no question. Wonderful. I don't like the inclusion of the crows. It throws everything off. It throws everything off. And like, yes, it's very entertaining. Yes, I, yes. Okay. Critically, I love, I love seeing it, right? I love seeing Kaz and Jesper and Inej. They're wonderful. Uh, I, I, I love Ketterdam. It's exactly what I thought it would look like, but them in the shadow and bone world really threw me. And it also really threw me about just like little things about Kaz and his backstory. Like we find out that Kaz and Pekka have, have this confrontation and Pekka doesn't recognize him. And then Jesper and Inej know that Kaz is out for revenge against Pekka and that it's personal. And he has this like vendetta against him. And that's not something that you, that you find out until like much later. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Just all of it was. As a reader, very frustrating. As a viewer, I can see how you would have no problem. And, you know, and even with the Six of Crows, the, the chronologically in the series, it takes place a few years after um, Shadow and Bone series you, because you already know that Nina has worked with Zoya. So that whole storyline has been completely eliminated because what we're getting in the show with Nia and Matthias, that's the flashback scene in in the in the duology of their relationship. So it, I, I was so confused. Like, is this is the Six of Crows part supposed to be a prequel to what we're supposed to get into the show later on? Some of the and and I let and you know I love Nina. Like Nina is my girl. 
Um, and yes, we know of the feedback that's out there regarding the casting of Nina. And that's not what this conversation is about right now. Um, but it's just, again, I just keep thinking about the timeline and how like there is no like what is the actual heist just trying to get the sun summoner and then that was it and then they didn't really get her she made herself a stowaway so it just feels like the skill set that we love and we see in the duology books that we're like oh my gosh like a is this like ninja Cirque du Soleil you don't understand why Kaz can't physically touch Inej when she's hurt. You don't know that backstory. I mean, Jesper, I do love Jesper. Oh, he's perfect. Kate Young. He's perfect. I mean, you keep going how perfectly casted they are. And just just like even his his stunt skills with the weapons and his training. I'm like, this, this is hot. He is hot. Um, and it's all him. It's not, I love that he posted a, a video on his Instagram of him doing all the, all the work. And it was to be like, Nope, this was me. This was training. I th- I was like, this is, this, this is good. Um, I just, the skill set that each of the crows we know that happened in the books, you don't see. And I really didn't care if Kaz was won a fight against a Volcro with a fucking cane. What even was that? What was that? Uh, God. What? I go, that is a Volcro who kind of looks like Venom in a way. <laughs> um, oh, in the fold. I didn't realize that it was just a boat on sand. I really thought I, in my head, it was an ocean that was, that was, they were on Wait, an ocean. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh cause it's like the unsea. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, it's like a sand skiff. Yeah, like, I didn't I didn't even process it. So and, and I think even in the beginning, the marker, the markers reminded me of buoys. Oh, I mean, that makes perfect sense when you say it. <laughs> I can see where you're saying yes. that. I was um, like, oh, OK, that's a- so kind of piggybacking off of your point, something that kind of bothered me about. Um, you know, chronologically and what's happening is everything and everything is Inej is still in, indebted to Tanta yeah. Aline. Like uh, Kaz didn't buy her out. She he's like paying in installments. The fuck is that? And the whole I I don't that didn't sit right with me because the whole point uh, of that encounter with it, when Kaz Kaz and Inej meet is like he pays her off and. And that's it. Yeah. And and Tanta Helene is like mad about it. And she's, a, you know, and that's why Inej is kind of afraid. And she freezes up when she sees Tanta Helene. I, I just, it was weird. And it also, like, it also contributes to part of her loyalty to Kaz for getting her out of that situation. Yeah. And the uh, the repetition that Inej says, like, I can't leave. And she shows, like, her mark, like, I can't go. Um, I, I don't know. It's just, it, it was... It was weird. It was weird. I think I think that's just and and I love Inesh. I love her so much. And something that I did really enjoy is I loved seeing Inesh um non-verbally express her faith through yes. like her gestures and and her facial expressions. I, I I thought it was beautiful. Um the reaction that she has to Alina and um just it was very powerful and yeah. And in her choices that she did, because like when she she was always a believer, she saw Alina during as the sun summoner. She st- and then when they 
Alina did the stowaway thing, she let her go and like bowed to her, even though Alina's probably like, what the fuck? Like, she doesn't care. She's like, I'm not a saint. But like, and like you said, Anisha's faith, like she truly is a believer. And I do appreciate that. And um, I like that she kind of, I can't remember if they like wrote, they did it's not like they i can say they wrote that into the book because there was never interaction there yeah like the crows have never interacted with sancta alina it's referenced late in the duology of like oh like the three they were talking about three saints and one of the saints they mentioned was sancta alina and it was always this idea of alina not actually interacting with her right because she's she's for all intents and purposes dead in Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom. Yeah, they don't know that she has they, an orphanage. Whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, something that I really enjoyed is I really enjoyed Ben Barnes using the cut. I think that was really cool. I remember when I was reading it, I had a weird picture in my head about what the cut would look like. But uh, I liked seeing Ben Barnes wield it. And I thought it was weird when Kaz and the Darkling had a little standoff and um but ben i Bar- don't mind it no but like ben barnes was gonna you know use the cut on him and kaz uses like a flash bomb he's just, like, like to get away from him like what he's all about you know what it's funny because it, like and i thought that was interesting because in his in kaz's dialogue you again with the repetition he keeps talking about it's not like these people don't like grisha don't have powers he just keeps saying it's it's magic it's an illusion it's all an illusion blah 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 so then you see him use that illusion um but then we know that his illusion in the books is he's just like quick with his hands like you know he would be like that person on the street doing like three card monty but i feel like that's kind of like how visually they're making something but speaking of completely off topic are we really off topic with this this show um visually hand gestures when it comes to illusions you said you're going to notice it right when it starts. The hand choreography is so similar to the magicians. And we looked it up and it's called tutting. Yeah, hand tutting, which is it's a style that's integrated in a lot of like dance movements. So they hired a, a, a choreographer for the magicians. They hired a choreographer, Paul Becker. Um, but I didn't see his name in the credits for um foreshadow and bone but i wonder if that was like influence like the magicians was in like influenced shadow and bone i would have to think so the hand gestures for the grisha are very specific and um if yeah i i would have to think it was and it is something that if you watch the magicians that you would notice right away because the magicians are very specific about their hand they created a language so mm-hmm. um i i know that the the Grisha do certain things to, you know, water and like heart rates and like all the stuff. They use specific hand motions for that. So that was really interesting. Uh, if you need a good series to watch and you want adult Harry Potter, watch Magicians. Underappreciated, underrated sci-fi. One of the best sci-fi things I've ever, ever watched. And like even like the... the in- in regards to the hand gestures, like even the menial things, like when Nina goes to the inn and she's doing the tiny little gestures under um, under the counter when she's talking to the, the concierge, 
um, it just reminded me of Julia when she's like learning her, ma- she's like relearning her expression magic all over again. It was just, I can't wait for that rewatch. I, I have some questions. And my question is, does Inej have a brother in in the books? She, they, there's like a general mention of her family. Yeah, but, and, and like her parents show up at the end of Crooked Kingdom. But I mean, I, it, it says specifically in the show that she has a brother. And I was like, wait, really? Really? Mm. Okay. And uh, let's also, let's talk about the conductor. Because I have questions about that damn train. What What is that? I, I want to know more about that. How did he find the train? How did he figure out how to do it? How long has he been? Do- I have so many questions about the conductor. And I I like him. I like that whole train sequence. And I like how Kaz has to go get a goat. Milo, King Milo. Where did the goat come from? I don't know, but Kaz, Kaz was on the goat and he got a goat. And I want to see that exchange. I just, I saw a TikTok, and this was before I even started the show, um, where someone was like, somebody did Waylon dirty by making Milo, like replacing Milo with Waylon. And I go, and again, going into it, hadn't seen the show. Like, and I'm what? seeing this TikTok and I go, well, there's magic. Did Waylon get turned into a goat? And I go, I really hope there's not bestiality. Like, I have no <laughs> idea where this is going. I have no idea where this is going. Um, glad to know. That, like, uh-huh. but I guess and everybody's like all like all hail King Milo. Cool. I still don't know his importance, except he delivered he was the one with the key to get Mal out of his handcuffs. And honestly, like Mal could have stayed handcuffed i really could not care less with him Ugh. and you know part of the things that happened in the show i was thinking do do i not remember this because i blacked out reading it was so bad we love jesper i love kit i love seeing jesper brought to life he I, I commented on someone's TikTok. He just bleeds charisma. Mm-hmm. And I, I like how they did Jesper really, really good by, you know, they mentioned they needed an explosives expert right off the bat. We know that's Wylan. So that's coming. Kit has done an interview saying, like, everybody has their significant other. I'm just waiting for mine. Awesome. But he got his significant other for a good hour in those stables. Exactly. And I thought that was a really nice kind of... I don't want to say subtle, but just like a like an easy way to do it, right? Like Jesper flirts, he flirts with people, he has he has um sex with the the stable hand and it's like not a thing, right? It's just But it, and that that's a conversation that we that, that's a conversation I've had with coworkers um in regards to it's reflective of the world we live today. Like it shouldn't be a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, unfortunately it is still for a lot of people, but th- this is life. You know, this is another, it's an alternate universe that, you know, that's a whole different world that we're being exposed to because it is fantasy, but that is reflective of the world we live in today. And I, I just love how it's done. And I love how Inej calls him out on it when she's just doing her sick to Soleil stuff. She's like, are you paying attention to me? Or are you paying attention to the guy? And he's like, I'm paying, I'm doing both. He, first he was like, huh, what? But he really was, he was like, he was multitasking because he found out what is the strongest horse and who was handling what. And I was like, he is smart. People, people just, 
don't recognize that. There are little hints to Jesper being a Grisha that are scattered throughout this series. Um, They ask Jesper to, you know, work with the bars a couple of times. And Jesper, uh, his aim, right, when they're in the train and he closes his eyes and and listens and he shoots and he shoots all of the Volcra. So those are allusions to Jesper uh, being what he is. And we know that. And even with the card, like he's just like doing the thing over his shoulder. Yeah. So it was, I thought it was well done and something that a casual just viewer wouldn't pick up on until like a rewatch after you like learn that. I also like how they kind of show that Mal is an amplifier, right? In in the very beginning, the very beginning when Mal and Alina are on the skiff and they're attacked when Alina does her light show, right? Oh, because she's reaching for him. She's holding holding him. Yeah. And and that's when her powers amplify. Oh, that's right. Right. So I thought that was really well done. Uh, Very subtle, something that you wouldn't pick up on. Once you learn, you go back and watch. But now that you, you say that. I'm thinking of all the flashbacks when they're in the field in the meadow and they're holding hands and her power isn't exposed there because she has, we, we know as a reader, she's suppressed it for so long, but as somebody who's watching it visually, we don't know that she's suppressed because when the darkling comes to like cut her open to expose, like she's exposed right away. It's mm-hmm. not like this thing. Whereas we know from the book that she's like, see, I'm not a, I've been tested. I don't have anything there. And he has to push further. Again, we only know this from the book, but as a, a viewer, you don't know that it's been suppressed this whole time because she suppressed it when she was younger. Because even when, if he's an amplifier and they held hands, technically that would have meant that she would be glowing. Right. And we get in this flashback scene on the show. Uh, she's before uh, the Grisha testers. And, and I have a problem with this. She's pushing that piece of like, glass or whatever in her hand yeah which we all know i have a problem with slicing palms (laughs) and there she is just like blood dripping down you know behind her because she knows that grisha used pain to get a response so uh, yeah there's a lot of inconsistencies yeah and i don't i don't know i just thought it was kind of weird something that i did not find weird that i know a lot of people did is um, the necklace, the antler necklace, the stag okay. necklace that Alina ends up with. Is that how you imagined her? Yes. Oh, it is. Yes, that is exactly how I imagined it. I know people thought it would be like a like a actual like necklace. Um, no, it's exactly <laughs> what I thought it would be. Something brutal and like very like starkly beautiful, but also repre- like representative of what it took to get to get there right like it's i mean it it makes sense as you're explaining it i think um again i'm gonna forever say like i'm new to the genre even like in 50 years Uh, but i think because of amarantha and jurian and she had like his eye on a keychain i think that's why visually i i thought of it as like a like a like a necklace like an adornment not in not ingrained implanted Mm. into her yeah I, i thought it was really really lovely and um you know, when she like sees herself with it and it's like the two like spikes coming out by her collarbones. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought it was lovely. And I thought it was a really good way to show that at that point, um, it's something that she 
is fighting herself with, right? Like she, she, she desperately wants the amplifier. We know this. We know from the book, she has that whole inner monologue of like, am I a bad person for, for like craving this? Um, and then, you know, afterwards it like sinks into her skin when she has broken with everybody. I, I don't know. I thought it was really, really nice, really well done. I know people have problems with it, but hey, you know, I got problems with other stuff. There were bigger things to have problems with. Something I didn't have a problem with, though, is David. I love David so much. He's so sweet and awkward, and I love how awkward he makes Jenya. And Jenya is gorgeous. I love Jenya. I had a problem. I had one problem. I had a problem with Jenya. And it wasn't, it's not a critique for her. It's a critique with knowing how much money Netflix has, and you couldn't get a better lace front cosplayers have better wigs and i'm just like oh jenya like why do they do you dirty like that girl we love you we love jenya like team jenya um and i was just i just felt bad (laughs) that's the that's the wig they chose to go with that's that's my jenya critique i love that and this was my my thought on the books too. When Jenny walks into Alina that first day, and she's like, "Oh my God, do you like have you ever bathed?" And like she's sitting there, like and she had like she hadn't, and she like slept in these clean, this clean, beautiful bed after you know being on a horse and like being dirty. I'm sorry, a bath is the first thing that I would have taken. <laughs> I get off the plane and I take, I was like, can I at least, I might not do a full, like not wash my hair, but I take a shower and that's all I'm thinking. And I know I I had sent like my, some reactions to you this week and I go, she's bitching and complaining. And here you are, you just got taken out of a shitty situation, sleeping on a cot, not bathing, not having a toilet. And you're just going to be like, Oh, you know, Lemonade out of the lemons, bitch. Like, you got some hot water. You know, Poppy appreciated when she found out what indoor plumbing was. Oh, God. Yeah. I also really like how Jenya, when she is starting to, you know, tailor Alina a little bit and Alina won't let her, um, you know, get rid of the the scar on her palm. Mm-hmm. And and Jenny goes, oh, you're sentimental. I'll work on that, too. It's like, <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, right. And then Alina does eventually get rid of the scar on her palm. Like she's she's like over Mal for a hot second. I love that part because she's like, it's that it's that triumphant moment when you're like, fuck this guy, you know, or like, fuck this person. Like, I don't I know I deserve like here she was like waiting for him. And of course, we later find out she and how he was presented like he like in the in the show, they made Mal like he had been searching for Alina this whole time. No, he wasn't because in the books, he just happened to come across. He's like, oh, I'm working at the little palace now. And she's like, I've been writing you. And granted, we know that her letters were never delivered, but he never made an effort to fucking find her because you know what? You knew she was Grisha. You know where the Grisha are kept and you never made an ounce to try to get your message to her. They they added that into the show. And I'm like, mm mm. Bookmal did not even try. He just happened to be a guard at the little palace and he just happened to run into her. He had, he knew that's where the Grisha were. He knew that's where the Grisha trained because everybody knew that the Darkling had that area to kind of like let their powers kind of like grow and train and manifest. 
both in the book and in the show. And Mouth Cave 2 did not give a shit. Fuck him now. Fuck him now. I still hate him. I still hate him. Even though he's hot and he's got abs, I still don't, I don't like him. I think he's hot. I, I just, like I mean, granted, I can't even say, I mean, granted, like, you know, I love a pretty frat boy, but he is, he does not give me pretty frat boy vibes. Uh, so let's talk about magic school. The thing well, we that you're going to say Matthias, cause he does. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, let's talk about magic school since we're talking about the little palace yeah. and, um, Bagra. And I oh, thought I she was great. So great. Exactly how I thought. I mean, Madam Hooch from Harry Potter, we love and we respect. Um, did she, though, have to live in a cave? No. I wanted her to be in a hut and I wanted her to say her line and she didn't. And that made me sad. I just wanted her to yell, you know, you're letting the heat out. Keep the heat in. Is she? I, I just am confused. I, obviously, we know that it's that Bagra is the Darkling's mother, but it's not like she was she was like casted out to live into a cave or somewhere else so i just don't understand why why she's treated basically how like the grinch kind of isolates himself why she's being treated like that because then when alina does get away she's just like prancing along the the, the lawn and the dark moon's like hey ma <laughs> like, like it's nothing so i just don't understand why she was just sequestered away from everything Especially because, like, it wasn't this hidden training thing. Like, he said, you are going to train with her. And everybody else had, too. There's a throwaway comment later when Alina's having dinner, like, oh, she set bees on me. And that's how my power came out. You know, somebody else said. So, I mean, everybody trains with her. I don't, I don't know. I, I do like her. And I, I did, um, I, I was waiting for her to, to whisk, you know, Alina off the way she does through the, the back, you know, of the palace and everything. But, uh, you know, I'm a bad person. And when Bagra was like, you need to go. Like, he, he's going to do this. And be like, be like, okay, but I'm, I'm going to fuck him first. Yeah. This is, this is my thought. Okay, I will leave with you tomorrow. But I'm going to go back into that map room. And I'm going to wait. I'm going to fuck him first. And then I will run. But that's me being a bad person. No, I don't think it's a bad person. I think it's a smart person. Because it's exactly what Lysandra did with uh, with, with, with Arabin. Where she's like, she knew that she... Ar- <sighs> Queen Lysandra, you know how much I love her. She knew the bigger picture she knew what she needed to do to to let the ruse keep going so she fucked him waited till she he fell asleep and then slit his throat spoilers guys be the neck that turns the head right be the neck that turns the head so i mean granted if alina decided to like sleep with the darkling first is that bigger picture i guess yes so it's like selfishly you know let me get me some but also let's not give him any other idea to think that there's any other pretense. Like I, like I have nothing, there's nothing else planned. There's nothing else premeditated. I want that. Like, it's just bigger picture. Again, Alina's like 17. So she doesn't know this. I don't know, but how do you just like, just be left in that map room and not at least try to get a cold shower when he kisses her and walks away and then comes back and kisses her again. My heart, my heart just exploded. Yes. You're just like cheering and you're like, mm, mm. Uh, the but chemistry. How bad was he when, he, when the door was, when the, they were knocking on the door, he's just like, what? 
And you knew, you knew because he's like, because when they start kissing and then they're on the map table and he goes, you sure? I was like, it's going to happen. I was like, maybe, maybe Netflix did one. This is an okay addition that I don't mind. Alas, alas, <laughs> alas. Oh, oh Ben Barnes. Oh, ben Barnes. Okay, so uh, I saw, and Jess, you and I talked about this earlier, I saw something that I think we should address, and that is that the Darkling is a good villain, and he is scary to both men and women for different reasons. Let's acknowledge that. He's scary to men because he's, you know, the, the general of the military, he's like six feet tall, he has power, uh, he can, you know, command everybody. He's scary. Men. Women, he's scary in a different way because he's charming and, you know, he pulls you in, he tells you what you want to hear, he want, he encourages your power, and then when you don't do what he says, he gaslights you and then manipulates you and then just fucks your world up. And that is scary as a woman. That's scary as a woman. And it's scarier when you can't acknowledge that too, because there's so many women in these situations that are being gaslit who are in these, you know, terribly, you know, abusive relationships. It doesn't have to be a physical abuse. There's a mental abuse going on there and you can't acknowledge it. And I think that's important to note that usually when you are in these relationships, you don't realize that you're in it until it's too late. And you don't, you also not, you might not necessarily know how to get out of it or pull yourself out of it initially. Um, and, and that happens with, with, with the darkling. Cause I think she's like, I don't know. And in background, in a way I had to physically remove her. Like, you're so stupid. Like, why did you get caught up? And the, the, as she was like, I told you and bitch is 17. Like I would have, I would have fallen for it too. Like, don't get mad at me. He's your son. Yeah. He's your son. The fuck. <laughs> It's like, um, did you ever see, there was like this video on TikTok where it's like, there's two sides, like when a relationship breaks up, it's like, there's two sides to every, there's two people who are always at fault, the guy and his mother. Yeah. (laughs) Yo. (laughs) I mean, I don't hear any lies there. (laughs) So you, you brought him up. Let's talk about Matthias. No, I just, I love him. In a way, but I don't because I remember my frustration reading him in the book and I was cheering for him and then he was a piece of shit. And he just, and in this show, she's outwardly talking to him now. Like we don't see that. It, we don't know that he hates why he hates her in the book until later on. We just know that she got kidnapped and here she is explaining everything and he still hates and he hates her. Whereas in the book, he go, he's, he's a little bit more reflective and he's like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. I had no idea of this backstory. So then he had the backstory before duology spoiler, he dies. And that's also really important to note because his death sets it up for what we now know as, you know, the other spinoffs that we have yet to read. Um, But I I just, I, I feel like he's, his character is not as attractive as the guy is in person and i think i'm just completely honing in on the uh, on the video of the workout video of him and ben barnes dancing, dancing. at the gym i just adore him <laughs> and it makes me because ben barnes yes absolutely give me a weekend with that man but then i also think of tell me your best friends with different tastes in men without telling me you have your best friends with different tastes in men 
<laughs> and I watch that video and I go, this is exactly who we'd hit on at the bar. Like, not, not even a question of our type. No doubt. No doubt. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Matthias, Matthias is complicated because I don't like him in the books at all. Like what happens to him didn't affect me. I didn't cry, you know, oh, was whatever. Cry. No, in the, in the show, I like, oh, I like the actor. I think he's gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, he's American. Oh yeah. Didn't know that. Didn't know that. I thought he was like some like really gorgeous Swede Viking yeah. backstory. So did I No, Uh, but I think he does a fantastic job of kind of conveying his internal struggle in, in, in like with nonverbal cues. Um, just, and, and with Nina, like he, he's like, you know, I, I do like you. Like I don't hate you. And, and I don't, I don't know. I, I like their, I like their whole interaction when they're in the whaler's tent. You know, they have to get naked. And he's like, you know, you're such a horrible woman. Like, why do you say things like that? You oh, know? he's like, he's so buttoned up about everything. And I and I said that in our episode when we were when we did our episode about the duology. I go, I love Nina. She that she just she knows it makes him feel uncomfortable. So she does it intentionally and he'll tell her that. He's like, why, why are you so crude? And she's like, because it makes you feel uncomfortable. And it is so, it's so fun to see. And then their fight in the snow where she's like, you're just, it's like you're scared to admit you might like me. And he's like, I I do like you. And she's like, I beguile you. Like I'm like with my wiles and my witchiness. And she's just I love I love her. But then she almost dies. Like the ice cracks and she almost dies. And Matthias almost lets her go. And I think that's another part, you know, kudos to him. You can see the the struggle that he's going through. So No, yeah, you and you visually see that he he does do, especially with like the facial Mm -hmm. acting. You're right. He does do a really good job with that because you see on his face what we read in the books of their uh, you know, of you find out in the books with the dialogue he she goes i thought you were going to drop me and he go for like a second and he goes the thought crossed my mind like it, he, like i'm not going to deny and i think that was really nice that they that he was just able to convey that i mean actors man i guess oh he's six four. Oh yeah that th- you bring up a really fantastic point did we know that kaz was six feet tall did no. we know that I and Inej is like five two. I kind of knew that. Uh, I didn't realize that Kaz was so tall. I guess in my head, he. I don't know. I have a weird question. Do they ever? I mean, no. Did we know he was six foot? No. But do writers ever write short men? If you can think of an example, please let us know in the comments because I cannot, off the top of my head, they're all quite tall. And like also, I guess tall, quote unquote, can be objective because one of our friends, like anybody over five, five is tall for her. So this is true. This is true. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm thinking of things that bothered me. Uh, Darkling revealing his name so early. What do we feel about that? So early. uh, I don't know if it adds to the story or not. But I feel like when he does share his name in the books, it's it's vulnerable. He he, there is a sense of vulnerability there, and we to see it so early, it's just like a cat. It it just seems so casual in the show. But also giving him a title of General Kerrigan, 
I thought he was just always the Darkling. Well, that goes back to the flashbacks that they did in the show. Right. Which I really liked. I liked that. I liked that a lot. I agree with you completely. I really like how they show the creation of the fold and like the the like uh, background behind that and how yeah. Bagra is like begging him not to do it. And he he kind of like scans out a book. He's like, oh, I did it. And then he just does it and he fucks it up. And I like how they show the people uh, that were caught becoming the Volcra. Very good. I like the, how they showed his power decimating all the people at once. And again, like I watched this right, you know, immediately after finishing Gilded Bones. So I already had that connectivity of Poppy and her powers when she just connects with everybody who's attacking the people that she loves or have attacked already and just annihilates them all with her power. Like I really, really liked visually seeing that. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> um, but I, I did, I really appreciated that backstory because I, I, I don't know if I remember again, the books, I don't know if I remember that from the books or it was just finally visually putting that together. I also like too where um so so Bagra says like you know come back come back with a, a nobleman's name so they're not hunting you make yourself important you know so right. that that's where we get General Kerrigan but it's hard in those flashback moments to not agree with the reasons that um, the Darkling is doing what he's doing, right? 100%. He's being being attacked. He wants to create a safe place for the Grisha. You know, they're being unfairly persecuted. and 100%. 100%. Also, like, I don't know if it's a continuous theme that we see in books, but they made him the villain. Like, it was not unwarranted. And now that I'm, um, this just came to mind. Remember that tech talk that I shared with you a couple, weeks ago where it was the girl who she was she basically shared about this this russian czar maybe um but she was like where's my opera for this because the where his wife was killed and he just became this terror around russia going after everybody it's ivan ivan the terrible yeah ivan the terrible so thank you he did it all for his dead wife And then he like wrote a letter to somebody who goes, you don't understand. Like you created this monster. You killed my wife. This would not, all of this would not be happening. And it kind of reminds me of that with the darkling where he goes, you created this. Like I, you attacked somebody that I was protecting that I cared about and you know, consequences to your actions. And now you want to act like I'm the bad guy. Well, you know what you could not to be like, Oh, you started it, but you know, there are repercussions to somebody's actions and these were the repercussions. So I, this goes with the whole, I don't want to say if he's morally gray, but you understand him as a villain. Yes. You understand him as a villain and you understand the reasons it's his treatment of Alina that kind of separates that, you know, Right. Yeah. Cause I mean, he does treat her pretty shitty, but she has been treated pretty shitty by Mal, you know, and that that was another thing. In the very beginning, Mal's like, you're my best friend. You're my best friend over and over and over again. It's like, okay, Mal. Well, you know, and so it's talk, like, I know we've had this conversation before and I think there has to be a sense of self and understanding that because I remember with like my past relationship, I still tried to hold on to something there. Like, how was I in this relationship? I still want to have a friendship, blah, blah, blah. But then when I realized 
that I wasn't having that. I go, he's being a shitty friend. Like even like take the romance out of it. I go, he's being a shitty friend. And I know the type of friend that I am. And he doesn't deserve that type of level of friendship. And that's when I completely like cold turkey did. Um, but I feel like that's, that's kind of like Mal right now in this situation where he's like, Oh, that's my best friend. You never acted like a best friend. You never acted like a best friend. And now, and, and it's something that Alina is like, you know what, if that's all she knows, she, she's obviously grew up in an orphanage. She kind of is only experienced this one way of being treated by Mal. Of course, there's going to be some lenience in how the darkling treats her. Is he treating her? Well, no. However, to her, she's being treated better than maltreated her. And he's giving her that attention that she had never received up until this point. I do like how uh, the Darkling kind of acts like a fuckboy and gets the flower information out of Mal and then gives her flowers. <laughs> what did I tell you? I said all oh, this trick in the book, but I love it. I love it. Speaking of fuckboy, him and Zoya used to... Did I forget that because in the show Zoya's like coming on to him like we used to and she, there's some sort of dialogue that states like there was a continuous hookup pattern there was that mentioned in the book and I just didn't know I mean we knew she kind of you know got hers like whatever but I just don't remember it being with the darkling I don't remember that either but um I had no problem with it like in the oh, in the no. show no I thought it was fine do I love the actress that plays Alina yes She's good. yes she is so good. Oh my gosh. And her, when she's happy, her joy is like infectious. It lights up her face and oh, she's, she's wonderful. She's gorgeous. She's a good Alina. I was frustrated with her. I was rooting for her. I was all of the things for Alina. And I think that's a huge credit to the actress, like all, all praise to her. And like, there's something to be said. And Laura, this just comes with like, when you were here and we would go to different um industry events when they when they're good people too like they're not just good actors like you can tell she's a good person and you just want to root for her even more you know you think of like people that we've met and we're like oh this person will only acknowledge you if you're in the same room with them because they think you're somebody important, but if you're just somebody on the street, they pay, they could not be bothered with her. And she, you can tell she's genuinely like, let's make friends. Like, let's just have a good time. And I really like that about her. And I, you know, from a, I can't imagine. And I think I, I shared with you a TikTok this morning while we were like getting in the mindset of Lee Bardugo meeting these actors who are playing these, like she wrote these characters, like whether we have critiques about the books and we do, obviously, we're having this conversation. It has to be such a special moment for the writer to think they just, they, you think that most people write just to write, especially book authors, not necessarily screenwriters. So to see what you write come to life and the people and meet the people who are playing these characters that you've invested so much time in, it has to be such a special moment. Cause she's just like, I, I can't believe she, you could tell she was so overwhelmed and it's such a special moment. And then like, you could even like spiral into that thinking of like how happy her friends are with like Holly Black and Cassandra Clare. And everyone's just like, this is such a special moment for the book community, seeing things that we love, whether it's, you know, coming out the way we like you or not it just feels like validating in a way like oh wow like our passion kind of paid off in a way 
And her cameo is really sweet. I would love to be in a purple kefta. I'd love to be in any kefta. Yeah, any kefta, but then like the purple one. I was like, that's Laura's kefta. Yep. Purple is my favorite color. Uh, they're all beautiful. Of course, you know, we're a sucker for embroidery, but just. Ooh, the black stunning. and gold kefta, like, stunning. that sent me. I was like, I want to wear it. I want to wear it. It looks like the dress that I'm wearing to the wedding next week. Oh, gorgeous. What else? What else? Um, Freddie. Freddie as Kaz. I have a problem with Kaz being so goddamn vulnerable. I don't mm. like that Pekka's, you know, guys beat him up. I don't, I don't like that he's like worried and like nervous all the time i love when he gets like super violent that one time and like breaks that guy's arm and shit when he's beating him on the ground like that's my kaz you know that's the bastard of the barrel not this by the seat of your pants kind of scheming outside of i don't know i just is it because i know when we were reading the duology we're like he's so smart he is like, and everybody trusts him implicitly because they know he has plans A through Z, but even then nine times out of 10 plans A or B are going to work. So you just got, it's like one of those trust him implicitly, implicitly trust the system. We just got to go with it. Cause you know, he's just that methodical to the point where reading you, you forget that you're like, Oh, I forgot that he's 17. Right. And this felt like he was very 17. Yeah. I mean, of course, all praise to Freddie. He he does a fantastic job. He's perfectly cast, as we've said. He is cast. He looks like Kaz. I mean, he's wonderful. But just um the the way he was written, yeah, I don't I don't like insecure Kaz. I want confident, confident Kaz. But in the very beginning, when um I, oh, that was another thing. The Crow Club. Right. The crow club and Kaz goes up the spiral staircases into his like room or whatever. He's not at the slat. I want to see the slat. I want to see, you know, the gang like headquarters. And that's the window that Inej comes in. And 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 Kaz has to go up like what, four flights of stairs to get to his top room. Not like this little like dinky iron spiral staircase. I don't know. The crows club. I feel like at least his part was supposed to be more. He's it's his club. It's the crows. club. You know, I just. I just expected maybe a bit, a little bit more grandeur because of how Ketterdam also puts the Crows Club at that level. You know, it's not just some hole in the wall place. Mm -hmm. Uh, That being said, Ketterdam is perfect and exactly what I thought it would be. And if you look closely, you can see uh, Taurus wearing the masks. Uh, from from the duology, they're they're in the background and they're wearing um, the the masks that they use. So if we're if we talk about the masks, <laughs> let's talk about how weird and maybe the repetition of this heist to go get Alina, which I have a problem with because Kaz is, is doing all of this for uh, a million Kruga. It was like, whoa, where's our thirty million Kruga? You know. Well, and the reason the number was so, that's why he had a whole team he put together because each person was going to get at least a million Kruga. And there was the, the, the dialogue there of the back and forth of like a million. He's like, nope, more, higher, higher. I mean, granted, we now know that he was able to bet higher because they didn't have it. Um, but you don't know that. Like, this is just another, I would you have been happier if they did kind of like a tandem, like they never just, they just didn't include 
the duology part of season one. And it just focused on like how our episode was the first, we just did all three books in one episode. If they just did all three books in, in the first season. No, because I don't think that the books can stand on their own. I think that they need... They the need, duology books? I don't think that Shadow and Bone can stand on its own as a TV series. I think that oh. they needed they needed Jesper. They needed Inej. They needed Kaz to give it a little bit more meat. Because, like, what is it really? I don't know. I still forget. <laughs> we call it Shadow and Groans for a reason. We're just frustrated the whole time. You You really do have to, if it was its own thing without the duology... I mean, they already did it. They already rewrote some characters. You would have to give it, it's like when there are adaptations of books and they like think of the magicians, like obviously we have three books, but we have more than three seasons. So they'll say inspired by blah, blah, blah. Like that's when, that's what I have to think with this series. If you did like, if you did like the, the trilogy for the first season, it would have to be a mini rewrite of inspired by the shadow and bone trilogy. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just, every time that Inez, Jesper and Kaz were on screen, I like stood up a little straighter. Every time Ben Barnes was on screen, I like stood up a little straighter. And every time it was just anyone else. I was just like, "Uh, okay. I kind of just kept playing like my, my, one of my apps when it was, when it wasn't Ben or the crows. Yeah, because what did the crows really do? What did what did they add? What did they do? Um, they failed basically at everything they tried to do. But in the books, they like succeed, even if it's by the, the hair of their teeth. Yeah, and here, what did they do? They stole the darkling's carriage. Kaz fought off a Volcro with his cane. Inej stabs the darkling. Uh, what else? She kills somebody because somebody was going to kill. Kaz in the church. Right. She kills two in Fernie. And they didn't end up kidnapping Alina. They just happened to stow away on the boat that Alina happened to be on. You know, it's just they didn't. And then Alina was like, here, take all these these jewels and I'm never going to see you again. So it's like, what? So, oh, 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 now that I'm thinking. So like, that's essentially if she's just like going off with Mal now without the jewels, is this her there? Are they basically writing it and being like, okay, here goes Alina and Mal to make their orphanage. And now we get to focus and, and Zoya's with the crows now. What? Yeah. That, that whole thing. I, I don't know. I honestly thought that, okay, now Mal and Alina are going to like go and somehow they've got to end up underground with the apparat, right? Like, that's a huge plot point. Oh, they have to go underground. Yeah, it's huge. We, but it not, not just that. We need the second book of Nikolai. Nikolai is a huge plot point. Yeah, and I think they're. I think they are setting up Nikolai because they set up the politics, right? East, West, right. East, Ravka, West, Ravka, and then um, what's his name? Zlat, I can't say it. Zlatty, not Zaddy. Zlatan, Z, Z L A T A N. Yeah, Zlat, Zlat, I can't fucking say it. Yeah, because I think I think I thought it was like it almost looked like Zoltan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's Latin? Yeah. So like he, you know, he wants to to take over and like rule his side of of Ravka, and so they and the king, and you know, we got um. Vasily and, and the queen and everything. So they set it up for Nikolai. So thank God. Thank God we'll have Nikolai. Jesus. We have mentioned before that we really 
notice when people say the title of the thing in the thing. And I was waiting. He said, he said the thing. He said the thing. I, I was waiting for them to say the thing. And they said the thing. They said, and I say they, the characters, uh, the deal is the deal. The deal is the deal. Oh, and then they said no mourners and no funerals. No mourners, mo- uh, no funerals. And, you know, make me your villain. You and I will change the world. Um but can I tell you about how my heart went pitter-patter when the Darkling told Mal to sit the fuck down when Mal was all, like, chained up, right? Uh, can, can Ben Martin say that to me? That would be, like, my my request. It's like, like tell me to sit, sit down. down. The adults <laughs> have something to do, you fucking child. You don't... And I, I felt like that was part of his, like, don't you see the bigger picture here? Don't you see what I'm trying to do? Um type thing which at that point like he's trying to do bad things but uh, i just I, I really liked it speaking of like people like working under like i know the darkling was talking to people and like telling mal to sit down and obviously he has like this whole network of people who work for him nina is working for the darkling in the show yeah i don't know does that and i don't know if that just it connects with her eventually training under zoya but it really threw me off because I just know Nina as somebody who, yeah, she trained under Zoya, but it was predominantly she worked with Kaz. It's just, it's just like little things that I'm like, the little thing is going to affect the long-term thing. Yeah. it. I don't know. That, that whole thing kind of, I don't know. Let's talk about the very last part of this. Let's talk about Ben Barnes emerging from the fold with the perfect sex hair and an army of shadows. When he tells him, come. He says, follow. Oh, follow. Yes, sir. Where are we going? Right. Also, it reminded me of our discussion that we had in the past of like, it's just people whenever they think they kill the villain. No, like you got to cut off their head unless they're unless they are dead, dead. They're coming back. And I think that's just a rule of thumb. And which is why I love that Aelin not only like, yeah, Lysandra cuts his uh, Arabin's neck, but also Aelin was like, just making sure like just decapitates Arabin. And I just that needs to be consistent. And I, I wish people would pick up on that. And maybe well, it's just like this fantasy sci-fi comic version, like parts of ourselves where we just know where they can always come back. <laughs> they can just always come back. Well, I learned that from zombies, right? Like two in the head. You got to make sure, you know, <laughs> not one. One's not enough. Double tap. Make sure that they're dead. Yeah. At the same time, like, could you imagine chopping off Ben Barnes' head? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, my no. but. So he's got his shadow army. He's alive. He's mad. He's on the other side of the fold. I'd I'd be mad too. Like as a villain, if that was like what I was going after and I lost, yeah, you're going to be pissed about it. And now it's like, he's telling his shadows follow. Like we got to try this all over. We got to think of something else now. (laughs) Fuck. I love that though, because you could argue like, did he lose though? Because he didn't have a shadow army. He came out with a shadow oh, army. Oh yeah, because before it wasn't a shadow. It was ju- the fold was just shadows. Yeah. So he has oh. he. So like whatever happened, you know, we don't know whatever happened when he was in the fold. 
Um, because he says earlier, like, I can't go into the fold. I'm a beacon for the Volcra, probably because they remember that he's the one that created, created it and them. turned them into this. Um, so, so he, you know, is left in, in the fold and then he comes out and he's alive and he has this army. So like something happened in there and I love it. Now, are you saying that because from watching the show, we know something happened in there? Cause I just, did that happen in the book? I don't know. I'm just going on the show. I know, well, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I just don't remember anything following him in the book. So I just don't know if this is just a different narrative that they're creating. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. I like, as we say in the description for the Shadow and Groans book episode, the fuck did we just read? We don't remember. Yeah. So, okay, Jess, final thoughts on the show. What do we think? I just want more Ben Barnes. I don't yeah. even care. Like, am I? Okay. Final thoughts. Am I going to watch season two, assuming that there is a season two? Am I going to watch season two because of the content? No. Am I going to watch season two because of Ben Barnes? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Am I going to watch season two? Yes, of course I'm going to watch season two. Of course. Uh, You know, support the things that you love so that more things that you love get made. Right. Right. Like, right. That, that's what we want. Am I going to watch it for the crows? Yes. I hope they, yeah. I, I hope they do the ice court, you know, as repetitive as it might seem because we already did a heist. I hope they do the ice court. Uh, am I watching it for Ben Barnes? Absolutely. Do I care about <laughs> Mal? No. Uh, I just. Uh... Best friends to lovers is not my trope. It's not, it's not my trope. It's not my trope. I've read one best friends to lovers that I absolutely loved. And it was the one that I was like super emotional when I was crying. I was like, I don't know. This is just really sensitive right now. And I was just, was not expecting for it to hit the way that it did. It was just like, I was distraught, but it's, it's not my thing. It's not my thing. And there's still so much story to be told and it's going to be interesting to see. If that story gets told, because there's a lot of stuff that hasn't happened and like, it'll just be interesting to see how it unfolds and, you know, another dissection of what's different with this part, you know? And also I'm interested to see if they end up going on like side quests to kind of spread out the material that they have to work with, you know, so like side quests that aren't plot points in the book like oh they have to go you know do this and then this and then you know it's like monster of the week episodes okay it's like monster of the week then plot monster of the week then plot to to stretch it out into a a longer kind of series although it was only eight episodes so you know i don't know i don't know and you know you bring up a good point with the episodes because typically with netflix series I mean, it's typically like a mini series. So it's a 12 episode. So it was, it was interesting to find that this was only eight, Mm -hmm. which makes sense why people just binged it in a day. A lot of people binged it in a day. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people binged it in a day. So, uh, so yeah, I would say fans overall, we have problems. It is nice to see characters that we love on screen, especially when they're casted and uh, done so well. There, I will say it reminds me like the casting. I, I don't want to say it's, it reminds me of, you know, how well casted Harry Potter was like, especially in like a, in a, in a sci-fi world from book to, to big screen that cat, like there is not one person in that role where you go, mm, 
Tom Felton would have made a better Harry Potter. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. everybody was just to a T. I really enjoyed the casting and the diversity in the cast. Yes. Yes. Uh, the the diversity in the cast was just fantastic. And it was something that didn't need to be, you know, it could have gone very badly and it didn't. Yeah. It went so beautifully. So yeah, no, no problems with really anything except the story. And that isn't anyone's fault. That's consistent with our yeah. thoughts with the book though, too. We like yeah. the characters. The components are there. So maybe it's like the show is working with what they... Yeah, doing the best with what they have. Maybe that's really what it comes down to then for this. Yeah, doing the best with what they have. And that's fine because I hope they get a season two because let's propel Ben Barnes into the heartthrob status that he deserves as a older man. That's like... Let's not harp on the fact that he's older. We're just, he is a man. (laughs) He is a man that is off limits to a certain age group. And that works out well for us. If you are 18 and under, he is not your demographic. Nobody, because I do not want that man in jail. No, 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 (laughs) no. But he, he's in our age bracket and we love. <laughs> I'm just so giggly that. with him this week. He's so cute. He's so, oh, cute. He's so hot. Oh. Next week, we have our Folk of the Air follow-up episode going into the Queen of Nothing and how the King of Elfheim learned to hate stories. And we wanted to celebrate you guys again because it's one of our episodes that have hit over a thousand streams and it's really crazy and really exciting. And I don't think enough people talk about Jude and Carden. Laura, this is your favorite world like this is your baby and we're going to be doing another giveaway we'll announce how we'll kind of roll that out it's really exciting because we have another signed book that we would love to give away to thank you guys for listening to us and kind of like just interacting and loving the things that we love so look forward to that yeah that's kind of where we're at so thank you everybody Thank you so much for listening to us. <laughs> this is so, but we appreciate everyone. It's it's super humbling because we're still just kind of like, wait, what? People are listening to us. The appreciation is there. So thank you. And we will see y'all next week. Bye.